0: Paris is home to dozens of little-known and often underappreciated museums and galleries that you can visit to create your own special slice of Paris. Emma Jacobs starts today's Travel with Rick Steves as we consider a few of them, which she includes in her book The Littler Museums of Paris. We're at 877-333-RICK and radio at ricksteves.com. Our conversation was recorded before the pandemic lockdowns began. Hey, Emma. Thank you for having me. I, I find that everybody these days especially wants to go to the, the same places. There's this sort of Instagram herd mentality. Everybody wants their selfie in, in front of the Mona Lisa and so on. Uh, as, a, as a person who knows and loves Paris, does it seem to you that this is a, a real challenge for people to get away from those famous museums and, and give a little give a little love to the other sites?
1: You know, I do think that's true, but I also think a lot of people sort of want their unique experience of a city that so many people go to. So I think a lot of people are looking for somewhere everyone else is not going.
0: And the rewards of that are greater now than ever. I mean, people wait for two hours to get into the Orsay and you can step right into the the Cluny Museum or you can step right into the Rodin Museum.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there are pop-up museums are also very big in Paris right now. So what does that mean? Uh, it, it's about the experience of going to a space that is, you know, only going to be open for a couple of months and you got to be in the know and you hmm. to, to see something no one else will.
0: That sounds like a dirty trick on a tourist. How would a tourist be in the know and not miss something like that?
1: Uh, yeah, you got to pay attention <laughs> and do a lot of <laughs> research and reading ahead of time.
0: Because there's lots going on in Paris, that's for sure. For sure, all the time. So let's talk about some of the museums that, that I think are substantial but I think they're underappreciated. Uh, what, do you, what is your take on the Carnavalet?
1: Uh, the Musée Carnavalet is undergoing a big renovation. I actually haven't been there yet, but it's, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and it's a, a history museum, the history of Paris, and it has period rooms, which are, are very fun to walk through, and just all sorts of, of relics from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of the city's history.
0: And you explained in your book, *The Littler Museums of Paris*, that Baron Haussmann actually had something to do with the, the creation of this collection. Or because Haussmann, I think of as the guy who who brought Paris all of these grand boulevards and all of this uniform architecture, where you've got the same amount of floors and the and the nice uh, slate roofs and so on. Uh, did he recognize that all this development was going to bulldoze some of the heritage of the of the city?
1: You know, it's, it's funny because he is. He's really criticized for destroying medieval Paris, but at the same time was was looking to create a place that would preserve some of the history and that actually incorporated elements from some of the buildings he took down.
0: Hmm. And the carnivale has more items than the Louvre, actually, so they've got plenty to show off in that museum.
1: Yeah, their reserves are, are insane.
0: It's an old mansion that goes back to the 1600s.
1: And they actually took over a second. It's actually now uh, two urban mansions that are combined by a little walkway.
0: So if you want sort of just your quintessential kind of historical museum for Paris, Carnavalet is a good one. Absolutely. Now, another one is the Museum of the Middle Ages, the Musée de Cluny. And that's actually built in the remains of a 3rd-century Roman bath, reminding us that Paris was a, a Roman town.
1: Uh, yes, it it is... Um, Also something that that started from a private collection, like a lot of museums did, and has just grown and grown and is a really special and and unique place to visit.
0: And it's never crowded. It's amazing to me, and it's got exquisite art of the Middle Ages. This is the Museum of the Middle Ages, and Paris was so important in the Middle Ages, and it's right there in in the left bank. You can walk to it in 10 minutes from all the touristy stuff you do in the Latin Quarter. It's got some particular exhibits that just they blow you away. The, the Lady in the Unicorn Tapestry is one of the most sumptuous pieces of art anywhere. It's, uh, w- what's your take on that wonderful tapestry that's, uh, what, 600 years old?
1: Well, and some people may have heard about it. That's one of the more famous art objects in Paris. Uh, but it is in this smaller museum, and you can see it up close. It's been beautifully restored. And you can read, you know, there are all these takes on what it means, what the tapestries stand for, this sort of mysterious woman with a unicorn in these six different scenes.
0: Also, we've got the famous um, heads from the Notre Dame that are, that are now on display in the, in the safety of the museum.
1: Yeah, and for a lot, long time, people thought those had been thrown in the Seine and were gone, and then they were, were rediscovered and came to the Cluny.
0: So if you're looking for the Middle Ages, it would be the Musée de Cluny. Emma Jacobs provides thoughtful details and charming illustrations in her book, The Littler Museums of Paris. You'll find a link to her work and a web extra about the sensuality of the woman and the unicorn tapestry. It's with this week's show at ricksteves.com radio. There was a time when, when France had the third-biggest Jewish population anywhere. A very important Jewish heritage in Paris is specifically the Marais, and right there next to Falafel Row, you've got uh, the Museum of Jewish Art and History.
1: Yeah, and it was actually opened pretty recently, um, and the core of it is a collection of medieval Jewish art that was part of the Clooney's collection and spent most of its time in storage. And they did a special exhibition. It was very popular, and they said, well, you know, maybe maybe there's a, a museum in here.
0: That is a great thing, because there's so many of these museums have a collection far bigger than what they can display, and uh, it opened in 1998, right?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Now, the interesting thing about that museum, it's, it doesn't cover the Holocaust. It covers Judaica and shows the richness and diversity of Jewish culture. Apart from that, there's, there's a Holocaust memorial nearby. But if you really want to learn about Jewish history and culture and the diversity of Judaism in Europe, this is just a, a, a must-see museum, I would say. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Emma Jacobs, and her book is The Littler Museums of Paris, covering about 200 museums in and around Paris It's an illustrated guide to the city's hidden gems. You know, Emma, when I'm thinking of great museums in Paris, one museum that is particularly intimate and just simply enjoyable is the Musée mart André. It's just a, a wealthy mansion filled with exquisite art and done so tastefully.
1: Yes, absolutely. It is just the most elegant place. There's nothing like it.
0: These people were, they were just filthy rich and they loved art and they had no kids and they liked to show off apparently. So they had this incredible mansion and they just dedicated their lives and their passion and their fortune to filling this place with, uh, first it was Italian Renaissance basically, right?
1: Well, you know, first thing is she came from a very modest background and actually supported herself as a society painter in the 1860s, which Uh I think is super impressive. And then marries this banking heir who was a collector of art. They go to Italy together and and do collecting together. And then after he dies, she continues to collect all sorts of art and antiques and actually has a, a whole chateau she's filled Outside the city of, as well, which is a, a second museum.
0: And it comes with, I remember it comes with a nice guided tour also. Or you can remember when you go to these museums, if they have an audio guide or something, uh, consider taking advantage of it. We have an email from Justin in Bellevue, Washington, and, and Justin writes One of the best surprises I had on a recent trip to Paris was going to the Musée Jacques Mart André, the same museum we're talking about. He says it was such a, a great combination of art and architecture along with the traveling exhibit, which included Cezanne, Botticelli, and Rembrandt, it was a more memorable experience than the other more famous museums he visited. So uh, these museums also host traveling exhibits, and uh, Justin uh, enjoyed Cezanne, Botticelli, and Rembrandt in that already beautiful, beautiful museum. Uh, the museum for uh, Rodin, the great, the greatest sculptor, I think, in Europe since Michelangelo, uh, it fills one of these wonderful mansions or hotels in the city, um a great thing about the Rodin Museum is it comes with a garden that's also filled with masterpieces, and you get a sense of the artist's studio. How do you like the Rodin Museum?
1: I, it's wonderful, and it's probably one of the, the better known and, and more trafficked of the small museum. And there's a reason for that, because it's just, it's such a lovely space. Um, and the, the work's incredible, and you can see all these process plasters mm. And, and just get a sense of not only, you know, the, the works that we've seen photos of and are just capture motion in this really incredible way, but also you can see the, all the models that he was, he was making in, in preparation for those larger works.
0: So that is something that is really a beautiful dimension of the museum when they give you a little peek into the creative spirit, the, the genius of the artist, and you get to understand the whole process when you go to a museum like the Rodin.
1: Yeah, and he had this particular habit where he, he often, to understand how he wanted clothes to hang on people, he would do versions first where they were nude, and then he would gradually build the layers on to, to just understand exactly how things should hang. Mm.
0: So much to see and enjoy in Paris. We've got an email uh, talking about one of my favorite museums in Paris from Richard in Lebanon, Indiana, and Richard writes, my wife and I went to see Musée Marmottan in the 16th arrondissement. It's a nice walk from the Eiffel Tower on the north side of the Seine. You walk through a very chic park, and then you get to this large mansion and a lot of Monet and Napoleon uh, material from the Napoleonic age. It's very quirky and fun, and his uh, wife got yelled at for trying to hang her coat on a non-approved rack. Yes, you have to be careful in these museums, but the Marmottan is a great museum both for Napoleonic things and for Monet.
1: Yeah. So that's, again, it's two private collections that were stuck together. Uh, The Marmottown collection, which uh, was empire art and furniture, and then the Monet family collection that was left to the museum. Uh, And there's also a a great room full of amazing illuminated manuscripts Mm. that, that is, again, just it got donated. It ended up. Just as a little annex to this museum, it's a it's a fun one,
0: and it's, it's very eclectic. How Paris has it's got a gravity for all of this stuff. So much great culture and art is collected and beautifully displayed and shared in Paris. And if you're a culture vulture, you give yourself five days and a Paris museum pass, you could just spend every day going like crazy to all these amazing sites. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Emma Jacobs. Her book is The Littler Museums of Paris, an illustrated guide to the city's hidden gems, reminding us that, yes, you're going to see the Louvre and you're going to see the Orsay, but there's a couple hundred other museums in and around Paris that do deserve your consideration. Emma, clearly you put a lot of work into this book. I'm curious, as you worked on that, is there some overreaching sort of lesson that you'd like your travelers to take seriously so they get the most out of their time in Paris?
1: Uh, just leave the beaten path. Go go somewhere new, and you'll have, a, I, I think, a, you know, a more valuable experience than if you beeline straight from the Louvre to the Eiffel Tower.
0: I think there's so much hiding out, and just because it's not famous doesn't mean it's not worth your time and, and won't be a beautiful experience. Absolutely. Emma Jacobs, thanks for the work you've put into writing your book, The Littler Museums of Paris, and best wishes as you continue to share the, the cultural wonders of Paris with so many travelers.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, I share highlights of a lifetime of exploring Europe, my favorite experiences, sights, and encounters in a 100 essays. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com.